Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are discussing uh, another flashback, but we are going to do a new release next week, so that streak will end. What that one is, we can wait till the end of the show to reveal that. Love sick. But, um, wrong, it's long. Love sick's not I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week, though, we are flashing back to 2000 to review a film I picked, and that is Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This film was quite the sensation when it came out. I believe it was nominated for Best Picture and a bunch of other awards, which was kind of a big deal. Not that it was the first foreign language film to be nominated, but I think the crossover success of this movie was pretty remarkable. It grossed $128 million in the U.S. in Chinese language. That is that a record? That's got to be close to uh, It was the first foreign language film to earn over $100 million here. I think it's one of the top ones. Stars Chai Yun-Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zhang Ziyi, Cheng Chen, Xiong Lung, and Cheng Pei Pei. Who's Cheng Pei Pei? Is he the little cop guy? <laughs> that's just... Nope, that's a woman. Uh, it was Jade Fox. That's Jade Fox. Okay. I figured she would have been higher billing on here. This movie, I think, I, I loved it when it came out, and I I think I've, I've only grown in appreciation for it every time I've seen it since. I, I think it's beautiful. I think the fights can go toe-to-toe with anything released today. I think the direction and just the style of it all is wonderful and beautiful, and I think it's perfectly paced. It's funny, it's sad, it's got great performances, top to bottom. I, I have nothing bad to say about this movie. So, that's me. Where, where Everybody else had you seen the movie, and what did you all think? Well, the first time I saw it, which was the last time I saw it before this, was on a flight to Hawaii, and it was dubbed. Like Just how you want to watch this movie. <laughs> I was like, ten, give me a break. But... <laughs> um. In all fairness, I think the Chinese version got dubbed because of, like, the accents or something. I need to look up the trivia, but a lot of people watch it dubbed. Well, um, I was, like, I thought it was great, Mm -hmm. but I had never gone back to it. It was not one I, you know, that stayed in my mind. Uh, And I was hoping to get a better or deeper appreciation of it this time around, but I think I like it less, which is weird because... I feel like all these things you're saying, like the pacing, I think it has problems with the pacing. I think the action has some issues too. Like what? Do, tell me, tell me what you have your problem with the action. I think wire foo. Yeah, some of the wire foo <laughs> looks really good. Some of it looks it's just really not for me. Bad. Um, there's like a particular bad shot. In what way though? Yeah, explain, be more specific. Like, there's a shot um, when they're racing on the rooftops, the two women, and it's mm-hmm. like the first time she's taken the sword, and Michelle Yeoh, like, mm-hmm. like, you can tell that she's not running on the ground. She's just like... I think that's like, intentional. That's the style of it. Oh, it, but it looks so bad. It looks so cheesy. Oh, I, and they're, they're, the, the, I think like, the style that they're trained in allows them to, like, push off the air that's the whole point of their style i prefer my parkour to have weight <laughs> but the thing is like there are other shots when they're running where it actually looks like they're you know just running um and 
so that that kind of bugged me. And then I completely forgot about the romantic interest for Zhang Zhi. Is that is mm-hmm. that her name? Mm-hmm. Who shows up, and it's like, who's this dude? And it's like, oh, here's this twenty minute detour of this romance. It's like, cool. Can we go back? Oh, to I the love story? that scene. I think that scene. Then fantastic. he's like barely in the movie. He shows up like two scenes later afterwards and he doesn't really contribute anything so i'm like wow i'm really i'm really glad they tried to invest me in that relationship oh i was invested well i'm glad someone was i I was not i appreciate it thematically though like it's it she did get to find this love that the main two characters aren't able to find are never and consummated I guess, and I think it's an interesting wrinkle to throw into, I guess, the, the subtitles call her Jen, Zhang Yi's character. It's one, it's just one more thing that's pulling at her and the turmoil that's fueling inside of her, and I don't know, I, I, I really like it. And it's like, I, I don't mean to be just like shitting on this movie, because it's not a bad movie, it's just not great. Like, I thought it was good. I gave it three and a half out of five, like, it's... There's a lot to enjoy, but I think there's a lot of flaws or signs of aging, I guess. It's like a fine wine for me. Okay, if you can tell me, like, the shot where she jumps off the bridge and looks just as much like a flying squirrel as the flying squirrel in Lauren's background, you're, <laughs> you're lying. Like, it looks terrible. It looks beautiful. It's elegant. The, the intention was beauty. The actual shot is kind of chuckle-worthy. I think there's only one shot in the whole movie where I thought it gave it like a blue screeny fake vibe. And that was like one shot of Chow Yun-Fat as he, after the bamboo fight. I don't know. Agree to disagree. What did everybody else think? Where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, basically Ben is racist and doesn't understand my culture. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But seriously. obviously what it um, is. Hey, you can't say, I loved Kung Fu Panda, alright? So just leave me alone. <laughs> I Seriously, though, watching this movie, I was like, I'd rather watch Kung Fu Kung Panda. Kung Fu Panda has a fight scene that right that could go toe-to-toe with. I, I would agree. Like, <laughs> I'd like to point out that this is this is the second ep- the second episode in a row I've been called racist. That gave me a hard time when I said the clones all looked alike in Star Wars. <laughs> They're fucking clones, man! <laughs> what, do all clones look alike to you, Ben? Jeez, man. Of when they're clones of the same dude? Yeah. That's ignorant. (laughs) Yeah, I think... I don't know. This movie shouldn't have, like... Had you seen... Do you seen it before? Yeah, like, when it first came out, like, I remember when I was younger. um, Or, like, or maybe, like, the year after, like, when it got released to DVD or something. I don't know. I remember... I, I even specifically remember watching it like at like at a party of like some some like rich dude's house and i was like oh this is like the type of like films that fancy people watch or something like that um (laughs) but yeah i don't know this movie had no reason to like for for me to like it as much as i did and i i agree with ben like maybe it's i've gone like a little bit less invested in or engaged by it with this more most recent watch but it's still a fucking amazing movie like i think there hasn't been like we went from one epic last week when we did or no not last week two weeks ago when we did gladiator to this one like they're they just 
I can't remember the last time they made epic movies like this that were grand in scale and had like amazing production value and like tonal element. Like I know people are gonna be like, well, what about the like superhero films, the DCEU or the MCU? But it's a different kind of scale, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, it's it, especially with natural landscapes and um scenery and like shooting shooting locations and that kind of thing like i just remember the sequences thanos is real i don't know what you're talking about. i just remember the it's the big purple actor that they hired <laughs> <laughs> josh brolin took some experimental drugs and turned into thanos um i just remember the desert sequence that ben was talking about i loved it i i don't know why and well, the, the, the sequence perfectly the, made. The action sequence in the desert is a good sequence, but it just doesn't add any like substance to the. I I I a hundred percent a hundred percent. Some of those scenes where they're looking out over like the desert and the like. Excuse me for uh, for lack of a better term, wilderness, and they're like, it's a perfect manifestation of the freedom that they themselves want to live out, and that. Lowe's character is trying to offer Jen. Uh, he's Dark Cloud. <laughs> and I mean, I see what Ben is saying. Like, there's some parts of the wire food that seems excessive or exorbitant, but I, for whatever reason, it all just fits so well into the tone that this film is going for. I think someone said, like, I, I was reading or skimming through some reviews online prior to recording today, and someone said, Ang Lee, like, wanted to abandon all sense of subtlety, and he totally did. But it, but I think it works, because um, there's just a there's a romanticism about the film that is it's just drenched in, and I don't know. I've I can't I can't imagine a film that balances two very poignant and evocative romances while also balancing some great like action and fight sequences every fight means something too it's like you're learning something it's a conversation among the characters like it's almost it's like a musical in that way where the fights are breaking out and telling part of the story and fit right along with the fighting that the, the dialogue and the fighting i don't know I'm well and of- i think i mean and to maybe to its disservice like at times it does feel more like a dance than it does an actual like fight. Like it, it, it feels more entrancing than it does visceral. Like if I were to compare this, you can argue they're one to the like, uh, like a born fight, like a, a completely different type of fight. Um, but engaging for a different way. Well, too, Just gonna say Michelle Yeoh and uh, Zhang Ziyi, they were trained dancers. So like Zhang Ziyi, I think I read that she didn't actually have any martial arts training before this movie. It was just dance for her. So that's why a lot of it is very dancing. Well, they talk about that also with martial arts. Like they talk about so much mm-hmm. of it is akin to dance because you're controlling different parts of your body. You're you're thinking about timing and your breath and it requires so much personal and individual discipline. And so and then when you put that in the in the context of combat for for the sake of a performance you're not actually like trying to hurt the other person you're trying to just make it look so the discipline factor like increases like exponentially yeah it's just a very beautiful movie i think 
it has so many great features about it. We talked about the choreograph. We talked about the setting. I think the the score, the soundtrack is gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. It's solid. The one, the one thing that I think I will say is I remember TV commercials for this around Oscar season. And it was talking about how this was the international phenomenon or the like worldwide hit and that kind of thing. And the scene that they showed was it was a lot of them like leaping across the water or like flying across the rooftops or that kind of thing. And I remember they showed the clip from the fight in the trees and they showed the clip where it like flashes across Zhang Shi's like eyes and it just in the context of the commercial, I was like, oh, that's so dramatic. That's so beautiful. In the context of the film, it feels super out of place and kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, the rest of the movie is gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous when that happened, stuff. I was like, did, did I fall asleep and like dream about a perfume commercial or something? What is happening yeah, right now? It did feel very, yeah, just, you said a perfectly worn commercial. <laughs> Yeah, I'm team Ben on this one. Like I've never, I so when I like I saw this when it first came out, and I feel the same way I do now about what I did then. And this movie inspired me to finally make it. I'm on the outside looking in list on Letterboxd of all these like highly rated films that I just don't get. <laughs> um, like I mean, for starters, I am already at a detriment because I I'm just not a fan of Warfu for the most part. Like I just don't like the look of it. So that's kind of detrimental to my overall experience. Um, but there, like some of the fighting, the fight later on in the film between uh, Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Ji was like so good, and I just wish we had had more of that kind of combat. Yeah, like that than the that one, and then the fight between Jade Fox, like and the three, like the police officer yeah. and the guy trying to catch her, like that was dope. I don't understand why that guy was grappled to the ground, but other than that, it was a great scene. <laughs> They didn't want him interfering. He sucked when he got in there. He almost got everybody killed. It was a Jedi mind trick. I mean, you could argue they all almost. <laughs> like, I'm also, like, I was enjoying it for the most part, but then, a, like, an hour comes in, and all of a sudden we have this other movie happening, and I was completely taken out of the film. I think it would have worked better for me had, um, like, had Zhang Ji's character, or Jin, her, like, Jin, had she run off already, and that love story had happened while she was run off to be, like, this adventurer. It would have worked better for me within the context of the, the context of the film, and then with the ending overall. But like, just going back between like honor and um, obligation to family, and then just wanting to be your own person. But just having this random story in the middle of the film just took me completely out of it. And for the rest of the film, I couldn't get back into it at all, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like it, it could have been so much better if it was spread out like in chunks mm-hmm. up till that point. I think that would have worked so much better. I just. It, it really does feel like it's two different stories. And I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be the story of Chai and Fat and yeah, Michelle Yeoh's character and then the contrast of the younger lovers. But it mm-hmm. just, it didn't work. Because it's also like, I feel like the older couple is so much more likable. Like I'm so mad at Chai and Fat's character. She's like, I love you. And he's like, I know. And then he dies. <laughs> that bastard. Whatever. I hate He won guys. a Han Solo. How is she supposed to wait for him forever? And then this is what happens? <laughs> uh, Dark Cloud is pretty charming and handsome. I don't know about you guys. I thought he was awesome. I loved yeah. his character. Well, it's like mm-hmm. part of me wants to like be like, yeah, he's not a bad guy. But it's like also his dudes like ran up to you know, her guards and murdered them and stole stuff and then ran away. 
Yeah, generally it's so, generally it's not great if you have to yell to your people, "Hey, don't rape the ladies." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like. But hats off to him yeah. for taking that leadership initiative, though. <laughs> it was just because she was pretty, and he wanted her for himself. <laughs> he had some serious like Han Solo vibes going on too, man. I can't. You could have cast him as yeah. As a, and he, he's such so a good role. That's also, probably why it's the least favorite part of the yeah, movie. People can also <laughs> argue that Han Solo is kind of a bastard at times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, like, the difference is, like, Han Solo kind of grows throughout the Star Wars movies, whereas Lowe is just. He grew? What are you talking about? Part he agreed to go he become a. Like, I feel like a, he's, like, the bad boy in a boy fighter. Band, but I don't know. Like, he just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I feel, like, I feel like part of this film also loses. I don't know. Loses its effectiveness from the story because it's an international film not to its disservice but to the audience's disservice like i think if there was a film like this that had come out that starred a completely caucasian cast in english i think we'd be talking about oh what a crazy film where the lady got caught and essentially like ended up falling in love with her captor and then like saw that his life represented freedom and wanted like there's so there's probably a lot of movies. No, like this that. is true. <laughs> but there's so much like there's so much textual depth to this film, I think. And I think the explorations of freedom and gender norms and every question that it had been asked that it was asking, like we have only now really kind of, I mean, there are questions we've always been and issues we've always been dealing with. But part of the reason why I think this film potentially didn't do as well is because it was the first film to have an almost equal gender it was unequal i mean it was the women get yeah. way more to do than the men oh, in for sure movie. yeah there's no there's no big like dude versus dude fight all the the most of the big fights there's are, a woman in every single yeah. fight of this movie and one of the coolest is like is like Lawrence said Michelle Yeoh versus uh, Zheng Ji, which was that fight is amazing. But I, I just I, two women kicking the shit out of each other. Just picks up weapon after weapon. I have yeah, a special place dope. in my heart for the restaurant fight scene. Oh, the restaurant fight's classic too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that one was definitely oh. skewed towards the men, like at least in numbers. <laughs> but that's. <laughs> It was very. It made me think of um, the Crazy Eighty Eight. Have you guys heard of the uh, the inverse ninja theory? What that is? No. So it's movies like this that you can just put into practice. Where, so let's say you have like one warrior who's like super powerful, and you put them against one other warrior, and they're equal footing. But if you put them against like fifty people, that power mm-hmm. splits between all of them, so they're all like a fiftieth. So she can kick the shit out of them. And you look at this, like, it's in so many different movies. It's really funny. Um, well, it just depends with that group how much they care about the other people in their group. Because if they're just swinging wild, then I don't know. It took me a second to realize that there were, like, two dudes with those giant, um, <clears throat> like, maces. The twins, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I felt bad at first. I'm like, dude, that's so insensitive that I thought that, oh, no, they're, tw- they're like twins. Okay, so they were supposed <laughs> to they were supposed to look the same. I felt so bad you guys i almost texted so you ben, guys that ben is telling us he is a and then ben was like is this entire scene an entire family <laughs> in all fairness i kind of had a moment like that when it's like we see um her governess or whatever walking around and then we see uh jade fox later i'm like 
Wait a minute. Yeah, her mom and Jade Fox do look quite yeah, they similar. Look, they look fairly similar, yeah. Um, if, if anything... Well, I'm she, saying the governess, govern, uh, governess and Jade Fox, who are the same person. Oh, like, oh, okay. I uh, thought not her mom. Not her mom. Also the the oh. greatest, the greatest <laughs> disguise of all time. She let down her hair and I couldn't distinguish her. I was like, no, that's not the governess. I, know, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's I was like making so much fun of her, this movie because yeah. it's like Zhang Ji, she just has a mask over her face. It's like, clearly it's her, but then I'm the one over here who loves Superman. Like, I can't effect. talk. <laughs> I also, one of my favorite takes jokes them off was when, he transforms. when they're reporting just essentially the battle report to uh, Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeo. And the one guy is especially busted up. And he's like, yeah, she like really singled me out. She said she didn't like my name Go. Why didn't she like my name Go? And Michelle Yeoh is just like, it's the name of her husband. And then all of the guys look at her like, oh, oh. And I was like, oh. The other thing about just looking through all of them, it's like, did she just go around scratching everyone? Because everyone had so many like three lines across their face and body. The 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 physics of of the Green Destiny. I I am quite confused by oh, what a what a great movie weapon by the way too because like it's so bendy and flexible and I don't know mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it'd be great for fencing or, or for knife fighting but uh, I don't know if you're strong enough isn't that the big weapon in the second movie too like isn't it called Sword of Destiny I'm I'm not sure I think so is it on I'm Netflix sure I think it's on Netflix. I think which it, film yeah, the, the sequel, sequel, which none of us have seen. Oh. It, I, think. I think it is it a film or a show. It's a film. Michelle Yeoh stars the choreographer oh, Ping Yo. I can't think of his name, but he did like Matrix and this and Kill Bill, and mm-hmm. he he actually directed that one. I think so. Grandmaster, another good. Though you can't even get the version of Grandmaster that is worth watching in America yet. We're hoping for Criterion to come through later this year. Yeah, I love how the floatiness of them in the fights allows them to, like, blow each other back. And I, I think that's some of the coolest stuff in the movie is when someone gets hit and they just go kind of... Yeah. And then they recover in midair. And, like, the scene at the end of the first Michelle Yeoh-Shing Ji fight where she just flies backwards and then, like, goes up the, the wall and it ends and the music, the drums. So oh, my gosh, it's so great. My favorite part about the floatiness was just whenever like Zhang Ji would try to fly away and Michelle Yeoh would just grab her foot and pull her back <laughs> That's down. That's what I was going to say. She just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like now that I think about it, I'll, I mean, I guess it's it's probably been used in several other films, but the, the effect of drums in a movie score, especially like in a, in a sequence of action, like I think about anything Hans Zimmer did with... Uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy or even the Lord of the Rings like when you think about the orcs and stuff like that like a lot of those drum sequences or drum melodies are very very similar to a lot of the drum sequences and a lot of the drum melodies in this film too. It's funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings because I was thinking like what movies have like you were talking about like big battles of that scale and I think Return of the King is probably the last one I can think of that had something like that. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, I think. Oh, just still, yeah. Kingdom of Heaven was kind of, I think, unfortunately, as great as, I mean, the theatrical version is a flawed movie. The extended version is incredible, as I mentioned in the Gladiator pod, and I rewatched it, and it stands up. But what's interesting is, like, the epic, we were 
circling back to like the epic movie, it kind of died with, to a certain extent, with Master and Commander and Kingdom of Heaven. Both came out a couple years of each other. And both of those movies just weren't financial successes. And what the movie that I think you can help draw the line that you can draw back to that came out in between both those movies is Pirates of the Caribbean, which is, you know, like that is thinking about those two. Yeah, that's just like you Pirates of the Caribbean is how is kind of where how we got to where we're at with current movies, I think, where it's kind of broad appealing. I mean, those first all those movies, the first three especially are really weird singular visions from Gore Verbinski, but trying to find the IP-based, safe, kind of big-budget property is, I think that's kind of sadly where that flipped, where people were less willing to take a chance on an epic that felt natural. And then also, it's, you know, the advent of computer technology really changes that a lot, too. Well, I think it's it's like that also, it signaled not only at the end of like epics, but also like swashbuckling adventures too. Like we haven't had anything mm-hmm. of like that kind of mm-hmm. fun, energetic, like borderline campy kind of style. And I miss that. I miss that so much. I want my Zoros. I want my, you know, just cheesy. You know, this is fun. why I love Jupiter's Ascending. And oh Mortal Engines. Oh gosh! And, okay. Campy. Uh, Zach coming out full force, everyone. Did anybody see Mortal Engines? Not yet. Um, Not yet. I think you and one other dude in <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> that, that's what that was the theater. Me and one other person saw that movie. I think the total U.S. audience was like four people. <laughs> Good movie, guys. Let's see. Also, Jupiter Ascending sucks. Okay. <laughs> That's my two cents for that part of the conversation. <laughs> we put all this together, there's six cents. What? Oh my John, God. Lauren, and I. <laughs> how do we how do we feel about this ending though? I hate it. Oh, I, mean, I thought it's... first of all, I thought the person who kills themselves is supposed to make the wish, not the other person. Well, yeah, no, I think I think that also, was also is that the exact same bridge? Are we sure? Like no, did she just no. not get con- oh, so it's like any bridge. Any mountain. I feel like she, she should have been it, None of it is real, Ben. You just die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like... It doesn't matter where you jump from. You're going splat. <laughs> like, what a crazy thing for the director or the writers to get to get us to accept is that this, this woman, Jen, is, from my interpretation, and you guys correct me or... Uh, chime in if you have different interpretations like so overcome with grief with maybe you're talking about the end of the movie. yeah talking about the end of the movie the loss of her the loss and betrayal of her master the death of the one person who was actually trying to help her this entire time she also lost her sister yeah and and in the process and so to her the only course of action that she feels compelled to take is to lose it all or say goodbye to everything and the dude just I think she's I think she's hopeful that it's it's going to she she'll ascend and the no, wish I just will think be she wanted to die <laughs> I don't know I'm a pessimist she wanted to die <laughs> she either died or ascended I feel like one of those is a little more likely I want to agree with Zach, but also... 
Well, I mean, you yeah. get what you get. Your wish. You don't ascend. The wish. No, was they to said he ascended. The... They, I think the original story was the the well, body. Then why was do you never wish found. for anything maybe, if that's yeah, not the but point? Maybe ascended meant like you know his body landed and his spirit uh, ascended hmm. to. All, all <laughs> I'm saying is. Like, Low, low, low pulled an ultimate Bucky move. Like she knew, he knew what she was going to do, and he didn't protest it. He let her do it because it's what she wanted. Just like how at the end of Endgame, Bucky knew what Steve was going to do. He knew he wasn't going to come back, but he let him do it because it's what he wanted. He knew his contract was up. Yeah, they were all at the end of the day. Lo didn't want to be tied down, so he's like, "Sure, jump for it." Whatever. Like, yeah, I'll no. just go steal someone else's coat. <laughs> yeah, Lo was in love, guys. I don't know. I what can, you're talking I about. can Stockholm syndrome tons of people. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah, I love it when you were talking about Stockholm syndrome earlier. I looked up uh, Stockholm syndrome movies just to see what came up, and the first thing that came up was uh, like King Kong. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> she likes hairy men, guys. <laughs> Who are also anywhere between 25 and 35 feet tall. <laughs> Speaking of hairy guys, this is a complete tangent, but about this movie, I read in the IMDb <laughs> trivia that Chow Yun Fat would not shave his head and or like take the movie until they showed him like a computer generated model of him with bald. <laughs> That's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a great haircut. No, no, no one rocked but- those haircuts. But he looks good bald. It's just the rest of it back here that isn't so great. <laughs> but I just love that trivia. <laughs> we need to find the footage of that computer-generated Chow Yun mm-hmm. fathead. It hey, just but- made me laugh because it was like his prep work for this movie was seeing whether or not he looked bald. And then Michelle Yeoh didn't work for a year before this movie so she could learn Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Wait. Yeah. I think- is that why a lot of the movie is dubbed? Yeah, well, like, in in Mandarin, what I was saying earlier was just because, like, everyone, all the four lead actors spoke with different accents because, Mm -hmm. like, she is, what is she? Um, I forgot where she's from originally. Taiwan or Malaysia? Who? Michelle Yeoh? I think she was Malaysian. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Yeoh's Malaysian. And Chaeyoun Fat, he spoke with, like, a Cantonese accent and someone else, um, Zhang Ji, I think she was from Hong Kong, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone had different accents, and, like, the people who actually speak Mandarin in that part of China or wherever, they had to redub it with just other speakers who all spoke more with a Mandarin accent because people were so thrown by it being, like, different. That's crazy. So it's just funny to think that it was, like, dubbed, like, Chinese was dubbed to Chinese, but, like, Mandarin. But yeah. It okay. was dubbed in every language, including the language it was shot in. Mandarin is Chinese, right? Like, two different languages? There's Chinese and Mandarin? No, there's Cantonese and Mandarin. Cantonese and Mandarin. Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Sorry. Um... And then there's probably some dialects here and there. But they're both, quote unquote, Chinese. Let's talk about Ang Lee before we get out of here. I guess I really haven't seen any of his pre-Crouching Tiger stuff. Aren't you? Oh, pre. I was going to say, aren't you a big fan of his uh, his Hulk movie? That I do enjoy the Hulk movie based on my remembrance of it. Life of Pi was really good. Bro- Brokeback Mountain <laughs> is his best movie. Gemini Man was interesting. I also like Lust Caution. I did not like taking Woodstock. So I guess since 2000, I've pretty much been on his his board. I've heard Sense and Sensibility is great. I need to watch that one. And The Ice Storm. Can we talk about how Zach went and saw Gemini Man? Can we talk about that With real ben. quick? What? At a higher frame rate. We yeah, watched it in it 60 was, frames per second. It was all right. It was enjoyable. Ugh. 
I'd watch it again. I mean, it's it's no Hancock, but... Oh, God. <laughs> you mean no one's get shot out by just gunk? <laughs> I will love Hancock till the day I die. But does, I it, does anybody not. have any other strong feelings on... I know Ben doesn't like Brokeback Mountain. Or the Hulk. Or the Hulk. What do you think of Life of Pi? Didn't see it. Oh, you should watch oh, it. I Why didn't you see it? Just oh, I had it spoiled for me. The it end of that it's, movie it's, it's, wrecks It's me. the experience, though. Not the, the, the twist is not really... I don't really... know. The end made the yeah, movie. Yeah, I feel funny. like the twist The rest is of the movie I was not enjoying big. because, oh, I don't know, certain things happen to animals. <laughs> I don't care if they're Wait, CGI animals. Ben, do you, do you know the, the twist? Like, the twist happens, Lauren's like, oh my god, it's so much better. Thank god. <laughs> Wait, Ben, do you know the twist? Yeah, it was spoiled yeah, for he me. Said he had oh, spoil that for sucks. I know. Yeah, It's like, I appreciate it. It's like, when I heard it, I'm like, fuck, I wish I hadn't known that, but that's very cool. Life of Pi, uh, good movie, better book. I was just going to say, speaking of, though, this Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was part of a five-part no- like novel cycle. Mm. It's like, I wonder what the rest of the movie I would have watched all of the movies. Maybe. I think it said that Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh's characters were like smaller in this book. Mm. So they didn't become as important till later. So I'm kind of interested to see how, the, how they compare. Well, maybe one of the novels is what the second movie is, too. Um, but yeah, the, the novels were Crane Frightens Kunlun. Precious Sword, Golden Hairpin, Swords, Force, Pearls, Shine, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Iron Knight, Silver Vase. We're just going to hope those are just some bad translations and not the actual titles of the (laughs) movie. Okay, I think that's going to do it for Crouching Tiger. Uh, Go see it. No one thinks it's terrible, right? One last trivia thing is that Michelle Yeoh, while while making this movie, um, tore her ACL. Oh boy, that's not good. Yeah. She does a great job. You can tell when they swap them out for some other people, but it, for the most part, I think yeah, they, they for the most part they do some amazing work in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's gonna do it for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, we mentioned we're gonna do a new release next week, and that is the now Netflix film, The Lovebirds. Uh, that film stars Kumail Nanjiani and. Issa Rae, directed by Michael Showalter, who directed The Big Sick, and Hello, My Name is Doris for his last couple movies. He's most famous for um, Wet Hot American Summer, though. Uh, the greatest comedy of all time? Question mark? Maybe? Uh, the greatest comedy of all time is easily super bad. Excuse me. It's, <clears throat> it's Tropic Thunder. Hello. Um, I'm just a dude playing a dude playing another dude. The Lovebirds was originally supposed to be released in theaters and was sold to Netflix uh, during COVID times and is the first of those movies to kind of, I think a couple other movies may have been bought out. But yeah, The Lovebirds, directed by Michael Showalter. The trailer looked funny, but I'm worried we might have seen every good joke in the movie. We'll see. It's about a couple who gets entangled in a lot of weird shenanigans so until then i'm zach oldenburg find me wherever you can find at zach oldenburg find us at middlerow.com you can rate and review the podcast and you should because apparently it helps i'm ben grigsby you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at the grigsby bear and you can find all of us on facebook at middle of the row i'm jonathan rahul you can follow me on twitter at another rahul j you can also follow us on twitter at middle of row 
I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofroad.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Go watch, what, what's it called? The Lovebirds? And remember, mm-hmm. the best seats are in the middle of the row. Can I tell you one last trivia thing that I found to be great? Wait, where is it? Now, the trivia was Taiwanese-born Hong Kong actress Ki... I don't know how you pronounce it, so sorry for this, but, like, Ti Shu was originally cast as um, Zhang Ji's role as Jin Yu and worked on the film for several weeks until her agent pulled her from the movie to do a Pepsi commercial in Japan. She has since changed agents. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah.